stop. It never rains at Austin Stadium. Hey, and welcome to our Monday Monday episode of the It Never Rains podcast. Tyson Alger here, joined by Aaron Fentress. We're coming off of an Oregon bye week, which means uh, right before we came online, Aaron Fentress said it's not a big deal. He could fill an hour talking about a lint roller. So, uh, Aaron, <laughs> the floor is yours. Take it away. I'm going to just take off the headphones and listen. Well, when you use a lint roller, you have to make sure you go left <laughs> to right and wave your wrist like a princess okay. does during a parade. Okay, we're, that's we're, a- we're, 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 we're done. We're done. Uh, I can tell you got back in at like 2 a.m. Uh, covering the Oh, my the goodness. Why flights keep getting delayed for me, man? It's killing me. I'm exhausted, but I'm ready to roll. Hey, what was watching? What what was uh what was your first impression of seeing uh, Kyler Murray out there? I mean, obviously the Seahawks won that game, but I felt like I was watching um, a uh, very good recess football team <laughs> with a quarterback running around, not trying not to be touched. Do you get that reference? You ever play? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, tag, tag. You know, football recess. Uh, there was a lot of him dropping back, no time, and then just sort of running around and guys chasing after him. Clowney talked about how. And, and Quentin Jefferson talked about how annoying it was when you sort of got to where you could maybe get him and then he'd get away. Uh, their offense is interesting to watch, but it's bad right now because they don't have talent. So it's hard to know what they're going to be in the future. But I would say that it was at least entertaining because Kyler Murray can certainly move and make things happen here and there. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably like the second most entertaining player in football right now behind Marcus Mariota, who had uh, three touchdown passes and a big, big Tennessee. <laughs> it seems like every week it's like, it's like Marcus can do it, Marcus can't do it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice to see them uh, get going. But uh, let's, let's, let's move on to Cal, Cal week here, which uh, is a little, holds like a little less oomph to it than it did when we talked about this a week before, because uh Herman Edwards went and ruined everything for us here, didn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, maybe now you start worrying more about that Arizona State game later in the year at ASU than you do Cal, especially since Cal lost their quarterback. So, yeah, it's not it's not as nice of a matchup right now. Um, I wondered about it anyway just because their offense is so bad. I didn't, know if, I didn't think they were going to come to Austin and, and – you know, hold Oregon down enough to allow a mediocre offense to win that game against a good defense. But certainly without their starting quarterback, I give them hardly any chance at all to win this game. I think there's no line at like 16 or 17, something like that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, I, to me, Oregon wins this game by 10 or more, or they have major issues. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's funny because it's one of those things where I, I the headline that came out of that game was this is the first time since two thousand nine that the Pac twelve hasn't had a team move on to five and zero to start the season. Uh, Cal was the last uh, undefeated team in the Pac twelve, but I also don't think that any of us thought that 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 was a team that was going to be able to run the table. So it's it's not like there was a big surprise here. Um, so now all of a sudden the Pac twelve has just like a logjam of these one loss teams. You have like Oregon, you have Washington, you have Cal, you have Arizona State, you have Colorado. Um, there's a few others in there, and it, and it's just uh, you know you're really kind of like getting into the is this a is this a conference that ha- is just really good at the mid kind of level, or is it just like cannibalizing itself? And, and the fact that the conference doesn't have that one or two like front running teams out there is that that's kind of been the argument over the last couple of days. But I. I don't think that loss really changed anything in my viewpoint because I still think Oregon and Washington are the two um, kind of class teams of this conference. And then you kind of saw Utah uh, demolish Washington State after that game. Um, so I think we're kind of back where we were at the start of the year where we think Utah and Washington and Oregon are probably the top three teams in the conference. 
Can I just point out something? Why is it that if a team is doing well, but and they're undefeated, but no one else in their conference is doing well, then people say, oh, their conference sucks. Who cares? But if a team's in a conference where a lot of teams are beating each other, then it's like, oh, well, that conference sucks. They don't have a legitimate best team that's going to be. In. I mean, right. which, which is it supposed to be? Like, I, I just, I never can get the idea of what people really want. I just, I almost feel like it's which talking point do we have to talk about this nonsensical sport called college football where we know it's going to be decided by a vote system to figure out the top four and someone's going to get screwed. So let's talk about it all season and invent talking points. Is it just me or is that what happens? Because yeah, the hypocrisy, you know, the hypocrisy drives me nuts. It well, and it's and it's funny too because like I think I think nationally there's probably like more respect for a conference like the ACC, and it's it's a hundred percent just because it has like Clemson as a front runner. Exactly. But the second, but the second best team in the ACC right now is Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Uh, yeah. And then, I, I, Florida, I think, and then Florida State and Boston College, which we all know are just up and down. So it's like, what does that mean? Is that conference really better because because of, of Clemson or is Clemson just better? Yeah, I mean, it's, no, I, anyway. I I I think I think ultimately what it is is the only time that the rest of the country will pay attention to the West Coast a lot of the times because of the the time change or or whatever is just when the West Coast has one of those like elite level teams and Oregon was flashy, USC was flashy, and you know like like those those were the teams that probably over the last like ten twenty years in in the Pac twelve have like commanded the most attention and. Uh, I, I just don't know if the East Coast really cares about like a a, a, a heavyweight bout between uh, Arizona State and Cal on on Saturday afternoon uh, in, in week four of the season. You know, yeah, they also don't care about North Carolina State, Boston College either. Hey, what, did you see? I, I know you were gone, but did you see? Uh, did you see Mike Leach's quotes after the uh, the Utah loss about his players? Yeah, where he called them uh, he called them fat, dumb, lazy, <laughs> yeah. and entitled. Hey, at least he didn't talk about their girlfriends this time. Yeah, like, do, do you think that play? Like, how how does he's probably the only coach in the Pac-12 that's willing to go like that much on record, like calling his poll? Because like we're we're in a time now where like everything like you, we hardly ever get a good quote. Everything is is so like under wraps, and they keep it in the locker room. But there goes Leach after after another uh, big loss against uh, you know a team. They in got a, in smashed, game. man. Yeah, and they got manhandled. Like, was that? You're, you have more of a plain coaching background than I do. Is that out of line, or is is he trying to do something there? It's a hundred percent out of line, but <laughs> I, but it really comes down to his relationship with his team and, and his team's relationship with him, and what he says to them in private. See, that's the thing. Like, if if the his mo is to call them dumb, fat, and lazy, and losers when they suck. And the team gets that, and that's just how it is, and they're all mentally tough enough to handle that, then him saying it in public is not going to mean a damn thing to them. If he doesn't talk that way to them in private and then says that in public, then it's like, whoa. But if that's how he talks to them, that's how he talks to them. Now, when I was at Portland State, they would call us, the coaches literally, if people were screwing up or whatever, they'd call call us village idiots. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, it was like, that's what they called us. Like, it, 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 I mean, a million different scenarios that could happen. You got a bunch of village idiots, and I, I can't believe you're all this stupid. They would say that kind of stuff all the time when guys weren't picking up things. Um, and you just sort of accepted it and, move on and moved on. As a matter of fact, when, you know, we had a 30-year reunion of those 
teams that made the national championship game. And everyone was laughing and talking about it. And the defensive coordinator who was there at the reunion, who, who was the one who mainly called people village idiots and other things I can't even say on air, we were all joking with him about those days when he used to call us that. So it was almost right. like it, it was just, you know, it was just football. So it depends on his relationship with the team. So I didn't hear it and go, oh, my God, Mike Leach. Oh, he's hurting these fragile little kids. It depends on how these guys react to how he does it, not what the public thinks. Right. I, I'm definitely not someone who who cares if, if a you, you know, what was it? It was like Tom Izzo during the NCAA tournament when, when the cameras caught him yelling at the player. And it's like, I, I don't care about that. Like, you know, every coach has a different relationship with the players and, and a camera can catch a, an angle at something and, and make it look a lot worse than it is when, hey, a lot of times that's that's a, a way of delivering a message and it can get through to guys. But this leech stuff, man, it always just, it feels like this always just comes out after a game where it looks like they were woefully under, underprepared. And it, it just seems like a scapegoat to like get over the fact that you coach kind of a crappy game. I mean, there's, there's, that's definitely an element of it. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but also from his perspective, I'm sure he knows it's like, okay, I've, taught you guys this, we've drilled this, and you're refusing to do it. And you're making these silly, dumb mistakes, you know, consistently throughout the game. Um, I, I, you know, in a press conference, for me, I, I would be like, well, give us an example of why they're dumb. You know, don't just say they're dumb. What are they doing that's dumb? Tell us what. What happened in the game that they did that's dumb? Um, so it's not to say that he should be saying it, but I'm sure there were things that kids did that were dumb, but that's also part of football. Kids do dumb things. Right. Especially when you're, you know, running full speed and someone's trying to knock your head off. You kind of, you know, you forget things sometimes. I, so anyway, not, it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, n- not that he cares, but like Leach kind of like leaves the door open for himself to get criticized on that, though, because like he doesn't care. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you know, you know, you know, he he does he does more interviews during the week than any other coach that that I I think I think just about every Pac-12 member has him on speed dial. You know, and you can probably talk to him for forty five minutes in the middle of a Tuesday. <laughs> uh, so you know, it, it's. He's a, he's a very popular coach. He he's a one that always draws headlines. And when things are working, it's oh here's quirky Mike Leach. Look at all the crazy stuff he does. Oh, inside his quarterback's room, like that that story that Jenks wrote, which was awesome. Right. Um, but you know, then then when it gets less than rosy, yeah, it's, it's all of a sudden guys are dumb, fat, and entitled. Um, <laughs> actually, wasn't that going to be the name of this podcast? Uh, <laughs> The sad, the sad thing for him is he'll probably never get a bigger job because of how he is, unless Kingsbury can get the air raid rolling in, in the NFL, and then all of a sudden Mike Leach becomes, you know, the the oh if the he if he gets the NFL air raid going in the NFL, he he's I I it wouldn't surprise me if Leach ends up in the NFL because I don't I don't Not think a bigger I don't think a bigger college would want to take him, and if and if you're him too, like. He he has managed to consist. I mean, this last game excluded Washington State. I think it's kind of a miracle what he's been able to do there over the last, what is it, like seven years? Like yep. they're consistently a Pac-12 player and at some point a, a, a national player up until, you, you know, usually those last two weeks of the season when they get blown out by Washington. But He um, is arguably the best quarterback coach in America. That guy has won. He, that guy has won with zero star recruits, one star recruits, walk-ons, two transfers, two star recruits. He is phenomenal with what he does with quarterbacks. Well, how about a transition? Because you said quarterback. So let's talk about Justin <laughs> Herbert. Wow. Look at that. We're professionals. <laughs> hey, all right. So we're coming in, we're coming into the fifth game of the season. Justin mm-hmm. Herbert is completing 75% of his passes. He has just about 1200 yards. 
he has 14 touchdowns and zero interceptions. The reason I bring That's a this weekend up, for Tua. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so 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 the last two years coming into the year, it's there's always been kind of a little bit of outside talk about how Herbert could be in Heisman contention. That wasn't anything that was legitimate last year once the season got going because Herbert completed less than 60% of his passes in the non-conference, and I think he finished right around 60. Uh, his numbers are far and away better than they were last year. He's been doing it with a receiving core that's still missing some key players. Do you think that at, at what point, if Oregon keeps winning, does his name start to kind of get into that conversation? Because right now, like, you know, we get the emails about the Heisman odds all the time. And like, he's still in kind of like that eight to 10 range right now. I, I think f- without a doubt, the Ducks have to be in contention to win the conference because he's not putting up Heisman type stats. Like you say, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yay, woohoo. But you look at Tua. Tua's got 23 touchdown passes and no picks and has rushed for two touchdowns. You look at Jalen Hurts. He's got Jalen, Jalen Hurts has been a monster. So, yeah, he's got uh, five rushing touchdowns, 443 yards, and four, he's averaging 100 yards rushing game to go along with his 1,200 yards passing and 12 touchdowns with one pick. So, like, those those two, and there's other people, too. Other people's numbers are just way better. Like, 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 like uh, Burrow over at LSU has been really good. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think he's been gaudy enough. Now, if he continues on this current pace, so he's got 14 touchdowns in four games, that puts him on pace for 42 touchdowns. Even those 42 touchdowns with no picks and they're 12-1, and one, he's going to be a Heisman <laughs> again. He's going to New York. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I, I think for him, he's got to have the, the winning um, – the wins be behind him to propel him to New York, and that means taking out uh, UW and USC, especially. It's it, it's crazy how like one game can just make a difference because like let's say, I mean this was would obviously change the course of the entire season, but let's say Herbert doesn't overthrow the end zone on that last play of the Auburn game, and somebody comes down with that, he's probably, I mean Oregon's probably ranked oh. number five or six right now, and oh, yeah. Herbert's what, probably what are they like right, right now? in. Uh, I think they're like thirteen or fourteen. We this is the this is the Oregon du- this is the Oregon Ducks podcast <laughs> with two guys who cover the team. I didn't bother to look because they didn't play, and plus I was at Arizona Seahawks. That's my excuse. What's yours? Hey, you, hey your Oregon Ducks are ranked number thirteen in the country. 13. You heard it See, here. They didn't even you, move. <laughs> you heard it here. They first. were thirteen last week, weren't they? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I always like it when a team's on a buy and they either like they either fall or, or improve in their rankings. It's like yeah. so. And Auburn seven. So yeah, if they would have beaten Auburn, they'd be probably seven, eight, or nine right now. Okay, like, so so worst. the guy, the guy, the guys like like Jalen Hurts and Tua being ahead of Herbert is completely fine. I'm going to read you one person's stats here who is consistently in the conversation ahead of Herbert right now. Same amount of passing yards, so we're like we're like one one three one one thousand one hundred thirty one eight touchdowns and five interceptions. That's not as good as Herbert's, right? Not no. That's, yeah, that's that's Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, who everyone like. I I, I remember when Marcus threw like his second pick of that year, and everyone's like, "Oh, there it goes." Like he, he he just lost the Heisman, and here and here Lawrence is in like week four, and he's got five picks already, and it's like ah, oh, you know, he's really going to have to turn it around if he wants to get in this Heisman race. He's out of it. He's like a thousand passing yards behind Tua. He's like fourteen touchdowns behind him, and he's got more interceptions than I think Marcus through that entire Heisman season of his. 
it's just it's just that East Coast bias here that I'm that, that we kind of well, referenced uh, earlier. Yeah, it's it's also because they won the national title last year. He's clearly a Heisman esque kind of guy, and so I think people were sort of waiting for him to sort of explode. And then you figure they're if they go undefeated, if they're thirteen and zero going into the playoffs, you know he's going to get that type of recognition. But I hundred percent agree. If 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 you strip down who they play for. And you just look at what they've done this year. There's no way he should even be in the conversation. But it's all because of what he did last year, and that Clemson's really good. So 100%. I wonder what, what are the worst quarterback stats, like in the kind of like modern era to win a Heisman? Like, I, I, like I, I, I wonder, like, <laughs> yeah, but how, how many rushing touchdowns <laughs> did that dude have? He probably had like 30. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you can, you can have really bad stats to win the Heisman. I would say that the guy that, and I remember this because I'm a Miami fan, but Ken Dorsey, that guy was, <laughs> was in the Heisman bring running. Ken Dorsey up. Dude, that guy was in the Heisman running strictly because the Miami teams were freaking stacked because he was so mediocre. I mean, he was so, his, his senior year. They, he he, he, he converted to a wide receiver as soon as he went to the NFL, didn't he? No, he couldn't play wide receiver. He threw 28 touchdowns, 12 picks his final year. That 2002 Miami team, and he was a Heisman candidate. I think he finished third or something like that. But that's but they were, T- they were T- unstoppable. Tebow had some good State stats. Him. All right, I so know, in 2000, in, I know, but it's it's still fun to look at. So in, in 2007, Tebow threw for 3,200 yards, 32 touchdown passes, rushed for 23 more touchdowns. That's yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit better than what Herbert's done so far. His, um, his, rushing, his rushing stuff put him over the top. Hot take, though. I think Herbert would be a better baseball player. He's, he's, can, he's got a better right arm than Tebow does. So, <laughs> Actually, Tebow's left-handed anyways. God, it's this is going off the rails. What are you talking about? Uh, We're talking about Tim Tebow. <laughs> uh, best wishes to the Athletics, Mitch Sherman and Max Olson, co-hosts of our Nebraska Cornhuskers podcast, The Sellouts, because they have to recap the one-sided Ohio State game. Yay. Well, at least LeBron's Taco Tuesday won't be affected. Grab a seat and a pair of headphones and tune into The Sellouts every Monday and Friday here on The Athletic. The Nebraska Brainiacs, Mitch and Max, also release free episodes every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we say it every week, but make sure to subscribe for updates to The Sellouts by clicking the follow button on its show page. Back to us. So who's going to win this weekend? I, I think Oregon's going to win. I, you know, I, I even before Cal lost Arizona State, I thought I thought Oregon was, and, and before Garbers got hurt, I just, I, I'm impressed with Cal, with what Cal's been able to do. I think Wilcox is doing a good job down there. And that team's defense is completely legit. I just, it's, it's a home game for Oregon. They're coming off a bye. Allegedly, they're going to be healthy. Um, last week, they said Micah Pittman and, and Brendan Schooler are both going to be full on practicing. Um, they, they haven't said whether or not they're going to play or not, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of those dudes makes an appearance and, you know, day to day, Juwan Johnson will, we'll see what happens there. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Oregon's going to put up some points this week. I, I, I would hope they would, really? especially after, you know, especially after, uh, you know, all this, all this nitpicking we've done about, you know, how bad this offense is, which we actually haven't been doing. Um, thank you. <laughs> comment section. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 you and I both wrote stories about Oregon's <laughs> running game last week and, 
while 99% of the comments were fine, there was one specific guy who uh, who thinks that we shouldn't be uh, nitpicking at all about any of Oregon's faults, everything sunshine and rainbows. And uh, I think that's the first time a comment got deleted in one of my comments. So, which wasn't me. That was the I I, I didn't I didn't delete it. It was somebody. It was the uh, was it that active. bad? No, it wasn't that bad. It was just some guy chirping, and it was it was ruining the. Uh, maybe he, de- he called, maybe he deleted. He, maybe he, he, he called us. He 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 called us uh, 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 beta males, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is just a funny thing. Over like like that's better than calling us beta max. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a sleep deprived joke what's fun, uh, what's funny what, what's what's funny though is like he's he's criticizing us for or calling us soft for calling the ducks we didn't even call the ducks soft all we all we were doing is i think you and i both agree that this is an Oregon team that has potential and is pretty good but hey it's a bye week this is something that the ducks are going to be working on if, if you don't think that they're in that in the facility talking about how they can get their running game going and what you and I are the only guys talking about it. You're crazy. Like, like Oregon wants to get better. And like, we're not going to be sitting here in a week three or four and just being like, this team's perfect. Like, no, it's, it's a work in progress. They're, they're, they're trying to get better as the season goes on. I tweeted that the ducks wouldn't run the table and people got pissed off at me. Dude, <laughs> I'm how, like, okay, how dare I'm just you? predicting they're not going to go nine and zero in conference. Something that Oregon's only done once in its history. Oh my God. How dare I tweet such a thing? I'm like, do you, Here's the thing for me. Do you does anyone really think this Oregon team is on par <clears throat> with the 2010 team or the 2014 team or how about 11, 12, 13 for that matter? I don't think it is. And only one of those teams went undefeated in the conference. So why would I believe this team's going to go undefeated in the conference? It doesn't mean they can't. It doesn't even mean they won't. Anything can happen, but there's nothing about this team that screams undefeated. And it's not it, our it, job to cheerlead. <laughs> it's our job to to report and be honest about where we think this team is. And like you said, there's no way they're not talking about it internally. As a matter of fact, Cristobal said so himself in, a, in a, uh, his uh, press conference Wednesday that, yeah, we got to fix our damn running game. They know it. He knows it. It's going to bite him in the ass. It's inevitable. So we're just we're just speaking the truth. Some people can't handle it. That's fine. What, what, what's funny about that, too, is even like in that press conference, you know, there was – so this was Oregon's Wednesday press conference last week, and there was probably about like four or five questions about the running game. Like it was obviously kind of like the topic of the day. And like – Cristobal had no problems talking about it. Like he actually gave us some like interesting answers about like how their running game differs than than how, what some of the other teams do, and like what was working for them and what wasn't, and all this other stuff. Like it was it was just I enjoyed that press conference because you know it was one of the few times where they actually like had the time to kind of like explain like here are the X's and O's of what we're doing. Like it was like it's no secret that Oregon's not running the ball great. And so, like, they weren't like, oh, my God, like, what, what do you mean we're not running the ball well? It's like, no, this is, this is fine. And, like, to, to your point, to, to your point, like, people are upset that you're saying that this team isn't as good as the two best teams in Oregon history. <laughs> like, 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 this team can still be pretty good. They can have a good season. Like, that doesn't take anything away from them. You're just saying that you don't think that they might not be as good as the two, the two best years in a 100-plus year history of a football program. Like, okay. Like, like how, how dare you? How dare you? <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, we just have to ignore ignore those people. Most people get it, dude. The, the intelligent fans, the educated fans, they get it. They see the same thing. And it's, it's, just, it's just tough. It, it's, it's it's just tough for me because you know, like I'm a lot more even keeled. You know, you're more like the professional troll here, and, and like get this. Whoa! Sort of, I'm, I'm just joking. Whoa! <laughs> it's Someone like whenever call me a troll. They, 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 no, someone, I'm not going to name their name. They said I was a grenade thrower. 
And I'm like, I don't even know what that <laughs> means. But if you want me to list of all the grenades I've so-called thrown and how many of them turned out to be correct, we can run down that list. Like, you know, it's not like I spew a bunch oh, of stuff we, that we, doesn't we, come we know, we know and, you and have like fact, a little black book of everyone who's scoring you over. I, yeah. I keep score. And let, chapter and since we're, chapter since, one, can go. And since we're on Chap- the subject, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. since we're on the subject, I said this offensive line was a B minus and got ripped by some tool on Twitter and you a little bit. Yeah, you also and said the where quarterback are they? Are, was they, a B. are you, they even a B minus right now? But They're a you C minus. You also said the quarterback was a B minus. What has he done? Then what? Is, okay, what has he done? They, they have forty two points Aaron, in their two Aaron, real games. Aaron, we literally just did a Heisman conversation <laughs> segment. <laughs> right, and he's not in it. He's, he's not he's, in the he, conversation. He's, he's close. He's close. He's close, dude. He's, okay, he's, he, he has. He's, he's he playing. Has, oh my god, dude! He has three. Touch no four touchdown passes in the two games that matter. They have forty two points. I don't want to hear about Justin. Look, I love no one. Listen, I was the first person to jock that guy. You were mocking me when I was all over him as a freshman, saying, "Oh my god, this guy's a top ten pick." You guys were laughing at me. People were like, "What? Are you, it's too early, Finch." No, it's not Aaron, early. Aaron, I, was Aaron, telling, I, oh, I, sorry, I don't want to burst your so, bubble. That's not why people were were laughing at you. But continue on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. There's a look, I guess that was a positive grenade I was lobbing. So he's going to be a top ten pick, but he's not. But he's not dominating. He's not. An, he's not an A. He's an A talent. He's not performing like an A quarterback under Mario Cristobal, and that's a statistical fact. Throw out the garbage games and let's look at Herbert and the team against the real teams they've played. They're seven and six. Under throughout Bowling Green, San Jose State, Portland State, yeah, but, but, Montana, but nobody, Nevada. Okay, dude, that that's that's the first four games for everybody. Like nobody's playing. Like nobody's playing big teams. Like at most teams have played like one good team, and Herbert's played number I, that's, sixteen that's, in Auburn. No, I know that's not the point. The point is, in the crystal ball era, in the games they've played against real competition, they are seven and six, and he has been a B minus quarterback. Period. Yeah, but we're talking about refuted. Huh? We're talking about this season. Right. C- right. So co- coming into this season, I gave him a B minus based on what he had been doing under Crystal Ball and Arroyo. And so far against the two teams that matter, he's still been about a B minus. He had put up 42 points. And A quarterback's putting up 42 points a game, not 42 total. Now, I still think he's really good, but he's not performing at an A or Heisman level. And we'll see what he does this week against Cal. You got to perform, man. Okay, so Alabama has wins over Duke, oh my God. New Mexico State, Southern Mississippi, right. right? And yet, but yet you here you are like, oh my and, God, Duke has got twenty three. I'm all hot and bothered. he's got twenty five <laughs> touchdowns compared to to your boys fourteen. That's nine more touchdowns. And yes, he's played crap competition too, but he's putting up way more. Uh, way bigger numbers against crap competition. Hey, hey, what, 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 what would, what grade would you give Alabama's offensive line? Probably like an A plus. What would grade would you give Alabama? Plus, plus, mutant. They're dude. They're freaking mutant. It's completely unfair. So, so, so so you're sitting here and you're doing like the whole Oregon's offensive line is terrible, which means that Herbert's getting a lot more pressure. I didn't say terrible. Yeah. Okay, fine. Herbert's, I, I, Herbert's I, I, a, you, I, now you sound like one of the fans. Herbert's A plus. The Ducks' offensive line is A plus. The running game is A plus. Verdell's LaMichael. Crystal Ball's the greatest <laughs> coach ever. Blah blah blah. They're gonna win that title. Franchise is crazy. Blah blah. blah. Okay, whatever. 
Well, I mean, you still think Willie's the greatest coach ever, so, you know. <laughs> Dude. I, <laughs> Willie. My God. The Willie Tiger hired to me is one of the greatest feathers in my cap ever. He was a seventh choice, dude. <laughs> yeah. They fired a, leg- a legacy staff for their seventh choice who left after one year. That was a, the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And Duck fans were scrambling. Oh, Willie, we love you. We li-. He's leaving. Oh, I hate that guy. He sucks anyway. It's just like a guy getting jilted by his girlfriend. I love her. Then she breaks up with you. Oh, I didn't like her anyway. <laughs> so if you would like to be a part of our Friday podcast, uh, that one is exclusive to athletic subscribers. So, uh, um, yeah, if you if you want more of this, <laughs> go to uh, theathletic.com forward slash it never rains. And uh, I believe you can sign up through there. And uh, yeah. We'll be back. (laughs) We'll be back on Friday.